What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, September 30th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, 30 under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the engaged one at Tim Gettys. It's been 11 days since Kevin's mom's birthday. Oh. <laughs> there you go. There How'd you it go? go? I never heard. Like we, That was a big thing leading up to it, that every time we got close to that day, somebody would say it's that close to m- Kevin's mom's birthday, but then I never heard how the birthday went, Kevin. Uh, I'm not joking with you. I don't. I was. I. I vaguely remember it starting. I, I hearing about it starting. I like uh, went to drop off like flowers. Uh huh. She wasn't there. Yeah. And uh, that was it. I mean, Did I, you just leave him on the doorstep? Mommy wasn't there. Oh, mommy I like left him there. in a nice vase. Vase that she yeah. had. Yeah. Did she like that, or was she mad that you weren't there? Yeah, she liked them. I also got her some like she is like a, gar- a backyard that she like is decked out. So I got her some uh, tulip buds. Nice. Them. Did you plant them or are they just like hanging out? No, no, no. They're just there's a bag full of them. The bulbs. Yeah. 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 The right. bulbs. Good job. Sounds like you killed it. Did you get her anything? She's basically no. your mom growing up. Definitely not. You're a real piece I of shouted her out a bunch. She doesn't bunch. watch this. She doesn't know you're getting shout out. About video games. <laughs> How was your weekend? It was fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Did you play any games? Total lie. Yeah. I was sick most of it and had a lot of work to do. But hey, I did it all. How do you feel now? I'm like, I'm. Am I going to get sick because no, of this? No, it's okay. I mean, at this point, if you're going to get sick, it's because of everyone else that's sick. Joey's sick. Dead as fuck. Yeah. Dead. Is she back yet? I don't know. No? Okay. I don't know. She's alive, Greg. Jesus Christ. Nobody checked in on her? Mm-mm. She slacked. I, I think I put out a slack over the weekend she responded to, like in a, a jovial fashion. I'm dead. Huh, wow. Getting ready for Halloween. Return uh, we're getting ready to talk about why Troy Baker isn't in Borderlands 3, the definitive edition. Uh, Bungie wanting a non-Destiny game, and Kojima's BB is going to talk to you, because oh, this great. is kind of funny games And daily. it is a slow Monday. It is not. It is a packed Monday. Oh, Six yeah? items on the Roper Report. Don't do anything yet. Don't do anything yet. It's kind of funny games daily, each and every weekday. Uh, on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games with your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the video game sun. Then tune in and watch us record it live. Twitch.tv slash games. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screwed up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash games, Roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services, services around, around the globe. You can't jack my style ah, and then my words. I got too, your pants sir. too, bitch. God damn. What are we going to do? Kevin, what happens <laughs> when two beautiful white guys just meld into one semi-attractive <laughs> white guy? What do we do? I don't know. Kevin, what do we do? Kevin, get the hose. It's going to get gross in here. Uh, housekeeping for you. Andy's got a brand new video up. On YouTube.com slash games. It's his zero death run in Link's Awakening. It's fantastic. It's what? a highlight stream, like edited you and I highlight been stream. been on this show a lot together. Uh-huh. And I don't think we've been on a Monday in a while. Yeah. What is going on with these highlight streams we're putting up? Because for a while we were shadow dropping stuff. I think it's we just, still are. The, it's just happened. It's one of those things. There's no promises being made. It's not a new show. It's not sure. A, we're, we're, we're testing some things out, seeing the response to some stream content. You know what I mean? What? What bullshit you got for me now? I was 100% with you. Yeah. And then I really thought this was going to be ice, ice coffee. And, and it's like lukewarm. So like, you know, oh, it's just like, my okay. brain was like, what okay. just happened? What's wrong? Um, but no, we've been trying a bunch of different styles of, of streaming videos, whether it's just kind of like we do the unedited, put up, yeah. just put up, or uh, in-house edited, which would mean Barrett edits it, or Andy edits it, or um, having people like Chloe edited one of them, sure. or uh, Dennis J did the Control one and the Link's Awakening one, and they're amazing. Check out the Link's Awakening one. Dennis does a great job of finding all the best moments of Andy's streams, putting them together, adding his own flair. He's a funny guy. That's the key to He's editing, kind of funny. is you need to be able to know how to edit, but you also need comedic timing you need to add your own flair to the pizzazz sure make it a kit kat caboodle sure because we all know andy is funny mm-hmm. but the problem of course andy streams nobody watches them so why mm-hmm. would we just take funny content no one's watching somewhere else and put it on a, sh- a site no one's gonna watch <laughs> yeah instead we edit it get marginally more viewers than andy gets on his streams. yes remind yes. andy that he's nothing without us it's a lot of tests happening folks so give us your feedback what do you think of the streams what do you think of gameplay in general how should kind of funny do gameplay i want to know 
Thank you to our Patreon producers, uh, patreon.com slash re-retro-games, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Third Love and Quip, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. Uh, Baker's doesn't. Kevin, what is wrong? I'm just tired. How you just had the weekend though? I How you can't did too much. Did but too you much. I, you do too much at work as well. Yeah. At what point do you just become dust? You know. Uh, it's coming. When do you uh, when do you get to go home and lay in the iron lung? That's what I'm worried about. Uh-huh. Also, your hair, man. Jeez, it's long. Look at it in the back there. Lord almighty. Uh, Number one on the Roper Report, why Troy Baker isn't in Borderlands 3. This is Kirk McKean over at VG247. If you remember, of course. I do. This has been a whole brouhaha for months now. Randy uh, Pitchford was asked on Twitter, hey, is uh, Troy going to be Reese? Yeah, Randy said, no, Troy turned it down. Troy's like, I didn't turn it down. You guys said, no, there's been back and forth. It's been ugly. Here's Kirk. At VG247. We recently got a chance to talk to Baker during a fan event for Retro Replay, a Let's Play series the actor hosts alongside the other Troy Baker, Nolan North. I love that. During our chat, he was openly disappointed that he didn't get a chance to play Reese again in Borderlands 3. Quote, so they came to me and they were like, do you want to do this, Baker explained, which I said, absolutely. And then they made it impossible for me to do the role. It had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do. It had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with money. They just simply would not go about doing it the way that it, we needed it to be done. So then it was like I never said no. Gosh, I, this I I worry is did Troy know he was talking to a reporter? It sounds like he's at a retro replay thing with his Guinness, just sitting there talking. We asked Baker to clarify what he meant by this, uh, be it scheduling conflicts or something else. Quote: No. It was simply a matter that they wouldn't go union, he replied. And I can't do a non-union gig. And without getting too deep into the weeds of that, we had long conversations about this. We always knew going into it that this was going to be the thing. They were going to take these characters and put them from put them from the Tales from the Borderlands series from Telltale into Borderlands proper. I've been waiting for this call. They were like, "Do you want to do this?" And I said, "Yes." They never they never because they would never move from that position. I'm not mad. It's just invariably a complicated, different... I'm sorry. It's invariably a completely different character, but it still sings. Stings. Fuck, it's hard to read quotes that are, like, just talking. Yeah. When it's a prepared quote, we all go, this Mm -hmm. is such a garbage quote. Or a written word in general. But when Troy's out there doubling up sentences over and over... Jibbering and jabbing. Now, the fun little kind of funny thing that we can add to this... Hold on, hold on. Before you do that, before you do that... I'm just going to bring in Chad's question. Because, yes, I do think there's an interesting relation to us here. Chad wrote in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. It says, Morning, folks. With the reveal this morning that Troy Baker, as a SAG-AFTRA member, uh, couldn't reprise his role of Reese in Borderlands 3 because Gearbox wouldn't go Union, do you think this is something we'll see more of? Do you think this now becoming such a high-profile story will force the hands of publishers to allow their voice actors to unionize? Uh, I also wonder how often this happens, considering it took one of, if not the most popular voice actors, sorry, Nolan, to make a headline. That said, I love this solidarity, solidarity, and Troy continues to demonstrate that he is one of the kindest humans alive. Also, let your voice actors unionize, Randy. What the fuck? Cheers. So, yes, I already know where you're going with this, which is an interesting story. If you all remember, we hear it kind of funny did an animated series called Kind of Funny the Animated Series. In episode one, uh, Principal Christopher Walken <laughs> was played by none other than Troy Baker. Yeah. And the idea, of course, is that that would be a re- reoccurring character uh-huh. throughout the entire run of the animated series. Well, on top of that, he was going to play two characters. He was going to play C- the principal. He was also going to play Troy, who was like the jock guy. Oh, I do vaguely remember this. Who was yeah, a character yeah. in the show that just doesn't ever have a voice. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason he doesn't have a voice is because he's a uh, uh, Wendy's boyfriend <laughs> in the I, show. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had beef with Troy. And um, we, we we did it. He pulled a favor for us totally, which is like, yeah, I'll do a fucking voice for you. He ended up getting kind of in trouble for it. Yeah. Just, just a little. It was more of a slap on the wrist. Of like, yo, you can't be doing that shit. Yeah. So when we went back, we were like, hey, we want to do the whole um, like series, like 10 episodes or whatever the hell it was at that point, six yeah, episodes, yeah. I think. Um, we had to like go through his people. And like he didn't want it to be that way. He was totally, he's like, dude, I want to do this. Like, we, let's make it work. But us, especially back then, being the people we were, we we got maybe two steps into that process, and we're like, this is oh man, it's complicated, and like, it's going to require not too much money, but the way that the money had to go was too complicated for what we were set up for. Yeah, Gearbox 
they can handle that shit. This and that's the that's of course the argument to be made here, right? Is that kind of funny in the spare bedroom at the kitchen table and Nick writing all these scripts was not the same as Gearbox. However, there's a lot of different stuff going on here. Remember that when the David Eddings lawsuit stuff was happening, right? And he was uh, saying he uh, it, that he, when he got replaced as Claptrap, this is a similar thing, right? That he had left and some he he worked at Gearbox, did the voice of Claptrap, and didn't get paid extra because of it. That's kind of and I, not the payment thing. I don't know anything about that other than what Eddings has talked about publicly. But that still seems to be the case with how they do the voices in general, right? That I, I when, after the Troy thing happened. I wondered if it was this based on what had happened with us. We Obviously, we had never had that kind of SAG uh, work uh, conversation before because we never did something like that before. So mm-hmm. and there had been so much time between Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3. I wondered after this happened with Troy if it was a union thing. And then on top of that, I wondered how that would affect one Ashley Birch, who, of course, is Tiny Tina in the game. Mm. Tiny Tina is in the game. It is Ashley on the kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if I'm wrong about that, doing Tiny Tina's voice. Like, I was wondering how she got around it. Because that's the other thing with it. The union shit makes everything so complicated. No, don't get me wrong. Unions do a lot of great. I'm uh, good. I'm not saying they're bad. But I know like when I go and do the Lego games, because I'm not union, I have to do a Taft-Hartley agreement. That's something weird. That like I, There's like paperwork on top of paperwork that is like, we're bringing this person in because he has to do his voice because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so, you know, it's this weird thing of, I am also talking out my ass to an extent here, but for a long time, not forever, a long time, Telltale didn't use SAG after voice actors. Obviously, towards the end, that changed. We're talking about Tales from the Borderland right here. Uh, Troy is in that, obviously. Laura Bailey mm-hmm. is in that, all that. But I remember, and I'd have to go look at it now, There was there's something different about the credits, where if you look through the credits of a Telltale game where they use both union and non-union, they get credited in different ways because of it. Yeah. Like, there's so many... Uh, intricacies. I can't even talk today. <laughs> Complications to using yeah. a voice, uh, a, sa- a SAG person or an, a union uh, voice actor versus a non-union voice actor. That I I do wonder what this means for how Gearbox does it. You know, I think Chad asked. You know, is it weird we don't hear more of this in general? I don't think so because I don't think this is something that happens often. In in many ways, we've talked about. I this. think it is. I'd imagine. You think this, so? I'd imagine this happening all the time. I mean, if if it happened to us. I'm sure it's happening all over the place. You just don't hear about it because most people don't have podcasts that years later they're randomly telling the story. Sure. <laughs> you know? But my here, I think we're uh, uh, two sides of the same coin, just different directions with this one. I'm saying I wonder how much this happens in terms of AAA video games. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we've talked about this before is that Borderlands 3, Gearbox in general, uh, a company in game development out of time. Yeah. Right? Where it is like... They're still in 2007, right? More uh, now they're in the modern day. I w- I think in probably back then it was easier to get away with. Oh, we have a whole team of non-union voice actors. Who cares? Nobody even knows voice actors at that time. Yeah, period, right. Uh, to jump here and have it be different and still be hiring people from inside the studio. While on one hand, awesome, right? Um, uh, Elisa, right? I'm saying it as if you would know. Oh, hold on, hold on. Don't don't leave me, Tim. Don't do it. You're looking at your computer. Stop it. Oh, no, I wasn't gonna. I know what you're doing. I was going to fill the time. Yeah, at least over at Gearbox, right? Uh, she is one of the Calypso twins. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she's one of the main... Vo- she is the main villain of the game, right? She is the god queen, Tyreen. Uh, and she works at Gearbox's new media at Gearbox, right? Like, I think that's an awesome... What a fucking rad perk to be to audition in the th- company and get to be this game and have that different thing. I don't know if... And I have no... Absolutely yeah. no idea if that means she got... Any kind of payment more? Doubt anything it. That thing? Highly doubt it yeah. because that's how that works. And is that right? Is that not right? I think that the answer is it's not right. But how can it be right? It's like, okay, well, if she's not still responsible for all of her normal job roles and part of that's being taken away to to then be able to have this opportunity, then all of a sudden it's a bit more fair. Sure, if you're balancing out the workload. But yeah, but it's like, you know, we have a lot of friends that are in situations like this where they their time is not necessarily being um, paid for because it's a cool opportunity. And it's like that's a delicate balance that you know the Wild West is over. Like we are no longer 100%. in this in this place where whether it's new media or video games, like these things have existed. There are systems in place. I think it's more on the the SAG front where it's not too many video game voice actors are in that. That's a more traditional Hollywood thing. So we see a lot of the 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 bigger names, the people that are like, oh, how come it's always Troy? It's always Laura Bailey? It's always Travis in these things. It's like, well. 
because some of these companies are just going to the to get SAG. They need to get the the the, the SAG people, sure. and they're the SAG people. So it's kind of like they are already not only are they the cream of the crop because people know about them, they're the cream of the crop because they are part of this group that is immediately looked at, right? Um, Here's what I want to do. Uh, this is a statement from Eddings when all this stuff was going on. I'm reading at Ars Technica, who was actually quoting IGN. In a statement to IGN, a Gearbox spokesperson said that Gearbox works to treat and compensate all voice actors at industry standards. We offer the opportunity for salaried employees to voice characters in the game, but it is not a mandatory responsibility of to their job requirements. In this particular case, the Eddings case, now that he was no longer an employee, we offered him an industry standard rate, uh, but we're not able to reach an agreement. Talking about that, how much it was offered for him, right? Um, so yeah, so it's uh, we offer the opportunity for salaried employees to voice characters in the game, but it's not a mandatory responsibility to their job requirements. Okay, no so it's kind of the opposite of what I was saying, but still, if they're paying them, then it's fine. Yeah. And industry standard, that gets a little... Well, that was talking... The industry standard was talking to what Eddings was getting. Mm-hmm. So, like, it wasn't... I don't know if that... What they were offering Eddings now that he was gone. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're saying for employee... A salaried employee in there. Oh, that's what it sounded like to me. Let me try it again, then, all right? We offer the opportunity for salaried employees to voice characters in the game, but is not a mandatory responsibility to their job requirements, period. In this particular case, they're talking about when Eddings left, and was they were like, hey, you're, you no longer work here. Do you want to be Claptrap again? Uh, we offered him an industry standard rate, saying just to be, oh, that's a voice actor rate, yeah. what they consider a voice actor worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, interesting. It's I, I am so fascinated by all this stuff because it seems so ridiculously complicated, but it's just another language that these business people need to understand because they're making games that feature insane amounts of voice acting. So it's like, you can't just kind of be like, oh, we kind of understand this. It's like, you really need to have a team of people a legal team that understands the ins and outs of all this. And like you talk about Telltale where it's like, oh, the credits have to be separated. That needs to be correct or else it's going to fuck everybody and it's going to make everybody have worse opportunities, cause everyone to lose opportunities or to get opportunities not at the value that they should be. Yeah. So I the Eddings tweet that led to the statement, right, was this. For the first time, I insisted on getting paid for my performance and all of a sudden they couldn't afford me. Mm-hmm. So... There, I, it sounds like to me what I'm reading on the tea leaves of Dave Edding's uh, claptrap situation is that he did not get paid anything for being claptrap mm-hmm. outside of his salary. It was just like a cool thing to go be claptrap yeah. in this game you're all working on. There's another fascinating side to this that I do think is in the newer stages where people are functioning as both talent and personalities, and you know we've we've been doing this forever, but it, you know Troy is newer at it, like with Retro Replay having mm-hmm. this platform where he get is constantly in front of the public being able to just randomly talk at meet and greets, right? Yeah, yeah. Saying things, saying how he feels. And, like, there's so much power in that. And, you know, with great power comes great responsibility because you can really use your your star power to kind of twist the necks of the people that are giving you opportunities. And that's very dangerous. And it's like we face it a lot, too, where it's like, you know, I think even go, us going back to IGN, it's like we knew how much power we had with IGN of, like, mm-hmm. being able to say, well, well, fuck it. We're not going to do this if blah, blah, blah. And it's just like we – I'd say that we didn't do it for the most part, but we did some things that were a little bit uncouth, I would say, in terms of using our power to, like, push back on them. And I feel – PR people? Uh, no, 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 IGN. Like, against IGN specifically. When we left. You, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think would have caused a bit more of a divide than – than necessary. Ah, I see what you're talking about. Okay, okay. Both sides were had their own things going into it, whatever, and everyone's fine now. But it's like... We went through a breakup. Uh, we went through a breakup, yeah. But I feel like breakups are scary when only one side is talking, mm-hmm. even years later. And that's why Troy talking to these meeting greets, if we were to be talking about... I, this happens often, actually. It's like, uh, we'll, be at, we'll be at a meet and greet talking to people and asking how IGN is or was or whatever. And I start talking, and about a minute into talking, I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm being... Way too negative about this. Like, I actually had a great experience, but like the questions you're asking me are eliciting responses that make it sound way worse than it actually was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that I see you're saying, I we have the power because of saying that that tarnishes the name of IGN. Gotcha. And it's I feel like these situations cause that too. And all of a sudden, then it's like this weird power dynamic where it then goes to characters. Right? It's like, did the game make you or did you make the game? Did IGN make Greg Miller or did Greg Miller make IGN? Mm-hmm. And that's an impossible thing to really kind of... No, Greg Miller made IGN. It's to, easy. I just answered it. <laughs> that's a hard thing to quantify directly, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. He was Claptrap. Claptrap, iconic voice in Borderlands. If he was just some random character, no one would care. Yeah. 
Now that he was that character, though, he feels like he deserves to be fairly compensated for that character. But at what point did that character become that character? Yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm I saying even, a lot of shit right here, but like, I feel like there's something there. Even in the, I think even what you're saying applies to what you're talking about with Troy, right? Where the negativity, it, the long, the end all be all of this, right? And even bringing in Chad's question is the fact that, and uh, granted, uh, you know, for full disclosure, we're working on the Borderlands show and stuff like that. Gearbox did nothing wrong. They decided that their production is going to be a non-union production. That's not illegal. That's not a thing. You know what I mean? Like the messaging around all this where it's like, Troy didn't want the role. No, I wanted the role. Like that's all fucked, obviously. That's totally stupid. But like to this point, like they they don't want to deal with union bullshit and they don't legally have to. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Well, I guess I'm saying it's not wrong. I mean, morally though, what it is or what you come down Mm -hmm. on how you want it to be. Obviously, as a Borderlands fan, as a Tales from the Borderlands fan, it fucking sucks that Troy's not in the game. When Reese pops up and starts talking, no matter how good that guy was, you're like, that's not Troy. That doesn't sound anything like Troy. Every time Reese opens your mouth, you're like, it's not Reese. It's not Reese. It's not the Reese I know. Mm-hmm. Let, there's one good joke about it where they do some stuff and he's like, Has, how, how's everything? Is the voice okay? Like, it's, they're making a meta joke about it. That's about yeah. it in terms of what goes on with that character and stuff. It <laughs> sucks that this didn't work, but it is, like you're saying, I think, one of the growing pains, especially for Gearbox, a company that is so siloed off in Plano, Texas, is just dealing, is heads down working on games, and they come up, and this is the world they're in. Like, how do you, what do they want to do with that? Personally, like, I think, you know, the game would benefit from, hey, let's get in all these guys, these people. Let's bring in Troy. Let's bring in Laura. Like, right? Like, where is Fiona in the game? We talk about it in the Borderlands show with uh, Paul for two seconds, but, like, you've made a universe. You've made all these characters. I'd like to see it work, but it comes back down to then dollars and cents of, well, how much more does that cost, and what does that mean with SAG, and how much do they want to spend? And again, is that right or wrong? That's for everybody to debate and decide. And Gearbox said they're not worth it. That's not worth it. This isn't worth the trouble of going through and doing the union mm-hmm. thing. I do think that they are, and kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, if there's some statistic out there I don't know about. I do think that's an outlier. I do think that's an outlying opinion in terms of a AAA thing. Indie development, something like that, totally different. But even then, when we start talking about that, how many indie devs have we seen that have Troy or Nolan or whoever in a game? Mm-hmm. T- t- like Freedom Fingers out right now and has a whole bunch of different names. Now, granted... A lot of big names in there, so I, there's... And I'm sure that a lot of them are the kind of, like, hey, don't tell anybody, or, like, be cool, like, just fly under the radar with this. And I'm sure there's a lot of slaps on the wrist happening, like, that they're doing shit. Again, not... Uh, abusing power seems, like, too much, but, like, that's what it is. It's kind of like... At the end of the day, Troy Baker can just say, I'm Troy Baker, bitch, and, like, fucking kind of do whatever he wants. But there is a limit to that where it's, like, you can't get a, a giant Borderlands role for that. But it's, like... But that's where it breaks me up, to, or not breaks me up, is, like, I'd love you to know... How does Ashley do it then, right? Because mm-hmm. Ashley Birch is SAG, right? Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if anybody knows that other than me. But I mean, like, she's Aloy in Horizon, right? Like, yeah. she, she's uh, uh, in Life is Strange as Chloe. Like, she's a main character. She is one of the cream of the crop uh, mm-hmm. voice actors happening right now. And I wonder if, you know, I saw one of the complaints for Borderlands 3 is that Tina's character is in it for so little. Sorry, by the way, I never gave you a spoiler warning if you were playing and you were waiting for t- Tina to pop up, but... It's not that big of a deal. You, sh- you know what I mean? I was more worried about her being revoiced than uh-huh. not popping in the game. But uh, like, she's not in the game that much. So was it a Maybe that's it. Monodoling? But then even that, I don't even think... I guess Reese is in it for a pretty hefty chapter. But like, I yeah. don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff going on that I'd love to get clear answers on. We'll see. But as I've said before, and you can all uh, uh, take it or leave it and do whatever with a grain of salt. The cool thing about doing the Borderlands show is that they said uh, you, can do yourself, you can be yourselves and say whatever you want and do whatever you want. So it, when... I, when inevitably Randy comes through here, I'm going to have a lot of hard questions about a lot of different things, but this will get added to the list. Yeah. Like, how does this work and why do you do it that way? I digress. Number two on the Roper Report. Bungie wants a non-Destiny game out by 2025. This is Matt Kim at IGN. The next expansions for Destiny 2, Shadow... Oh, let me try this again. The next expansion, I think is what he means, for Destiny 2, Shadowkeep, is out this week, and IGN was able to speak with Bungie CEO Pete Parsons about the studio and specifically on its plan to become one of the, quote, best entertainment companies in the world by the year 2025. Whoa. You like that? Yeah. Bold statement. Uh, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep marks a turning point for the Destiny franchise. It is the first major expansion Bungie has released following its split with ex-partner Activision. Quote, you think this is going to be a really big stressor, but it becomes, but it's, but it's become a really bright, shining spot on our ability to bring products to the marketplace and customers, Parsons tells IGN in an interview. 
And thanks to that, quote, bright, shining spot, Parsons says that he and Bungie are already working towards some big goals. Our vision ultimately through 2025 is to become one of the world's best entertainment companies, Parsons says. To do that, Parsons says it needs to start with Destiny. Quote, one is we need to begin transforming Destiny. The Destiny that we really believe in, like the thing we think Destiny needs to become. I think you've seen it in the vid doc, like the, every, the single evolving world. We needed to focus on that, end quote. Parsons told IGN that this is all something Bungie wants to accomplish by 2025 and that there is pretty a pretty specific path for the company. So by 2025, we have a pretty specific path to make sure we transform Destiny and that we have other franchises within the marketplace. The latter is the other part of Bungie's goal to become a greater entertainment company. Quote, we need to build our publishing group, but part of our vision is also to become a multi-franchise entertainment company. End quote. I love all of this. Yeah. I, I feel like with bu what Bungie's doing, especially post Activision, is kind of pitch perfect. Like all of the decisions they've made so far, the Google Stadia stuff, talking about how they're just kind of trying their best to do multi platform, cross play, all that stuff. Um, I think that's the right thing to do when you have a game like Destiny where it is all about the platform of the game, right? Yeah. Committing to that vision and going forward. All this talk of like, we know what it needs to be and we're going to make it that thing. That gives a lot of confidence to the to fans to people that are like oh if we know what it is and you're saying you know what it is i they should believe them because that means it wasn't the thing that it was right sure yeah, yeah under yeah. activision and them talking about uh, a new franchise as well that's exciting to me i doubt it's going to be anything as big as uh you'd want you'd think they'd want Destiny. something small right yeah that's usually the palate cleanser you do if you're gonna have an ongoing ever-evolving game the next one you do would be something smaller and that excites me because to me that kind of reads like small narrative single player like something uh, uh, a hellblade type situation okay. okay and my god i would kill for a bungee narrative game it's been way too long since we got one of those in, in Halo, yeah. right? No, no, I know. And I, I love exactly the Halo campaign it. so much. And it's like, to, if we were to get that in 2025, not even 2019, like, imagine what that could be. Yeah. That's so exciting to me. And on top of Destiny continuing to grow, I think that we're, we're about to face such a pivotal moment in, in games and how they change where I don't think every game's going to be uh, all that in the kitchen sink. Last of Us 2, to start, like, no multiplayer in? mode, yeah. right? I think that's a good call. I understand that it sounds like less value to people and whatever. I did not play Last of Us multiplayer. I played Last of Us. I didn't need that in the game at all. If that was a separate game, cool. Put all your resources into what the game is. Make a different game for what that game could be, right? Yeah. And I firmly stand by that. I think that that's going to be better for the industry overall, especially when we're moving towards a, a Game Pass future where games are going to be cheaper to the end user if you want to commit to that path, right? So I think this could be really, really interesting if Destiny is the kind of more massively multiplayer, uh, or not massively, but uh, you know what I mean. Like I know, always I know. on and multiplayer no, they do games call it. as a they, service. They, they have moved to calling it MMO openly, so no, you're fine. You're then fine great. That. Then that type of multiplayer game. But then it would be awesome to see them also have a single-player thing that is a separate project. Could be in the do world of Destiny Do you think it'll actually happen, though? By 2025, yeah. Because my thing is, like, I, I, you know, we just had Luke Smith on. Obviously, we have cool friends. YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Uh, and listening to him talk about this and, and talk about what Destiny's become and how all-encompassing it is over there. Granted, right now, they are all hands on deck, right? Mm -hmm. They finally have control of the ship. They get to do everything else. Shadow keep dropping uh, tomorrow. Like, there's a lot going on right now. I just feel like that's in so many ways intoxicating that I think even if they have the best laid plans that, all right, 2021 will really ramp up pre-production or start going on an alpha, you know, whatever mm -hmm. they're working on. So that I could easily see it either being Destiny has become so successful based on this thing that we want to keep putting out cool content there and we're finally capitalizing our ideas. Or it hasn't worked and we're rebooting something else similar to what happened this time around, getting to Shadowkeep, right? Like, I feel there's so many different things that could go. So, like, with an always online, ever-evolving never done mm -hmm. video game i feel like that's just such a can of worms that it, it could easily push dreams back and back and back yeah it definitely could and i mean we're talking six years yeah right yeah i mean we're at the end basically of this year five, so yeah. yeah yeah basically five years that's still a lot of time right in game development time it's not that much but like it's still it's still a lot they wouldn't be saying this if they didn't have ideas Right. Yeah. This sounds like they really have a plan. And to me, the plan reads that they are making all the changes that they can to the current 
destiny situation, trying to like pick up the pieces that Activision let fall, right? Yeah. And go with Shadow Keep, kind of get the player base back with all the new initiatives that they have. There's gonna be another destiny. You gotta imagine. Right? Yeah. They're gonna come out with like whatever they end up calling it. I imagine that they're the next destiny is really gonna be when they're like, now that we have full control over everything, it's like this is going to be the platform going forward that they just keep adding to. You don't think they to. would do that with Destiny 2 right now? Because here's my thing. Is I Potentially. Because I feel like right now, you know, with the release of Shadowkeep, right, the free-to-play version drops tomorrow, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like over time, you're going to see that Destiny 2 kind of dr- drift away. Yeah. And it just becomes that. It's Shadowkeep. It's this thing. It's, it, it becomes wild, right, of the next big expansion. I just, I, I think that that's where they're at right now. Yeah. I feel like in order to really, like, turn the other page... Is you need to turn the page to like get rid of that and have a new fresh starting point for new people because I feel like a ton of new people are going to play Shadow Keep just because they're like, oh, I've heard good things about it. More people would just play the new Destiny, sure, right? Fair, and it's just but like, you could always do that. I mean, they can all like that. It's just a name, yeah, exactly. Like, that's all that it is. It could be still the same thing, but like just it's all marketing, it's hype, yep, and it's yep, you yep, know, yep. but it's also a polished product. And I think that that's the side that luckily and happily, I think that they're they're going to have no matter what. So it is just kind of the marketing around it to like make people understand like this is destiny. This is something to be excited about. Again, if you have f- fallen off, it's something excited about if you weren't excited before. But it's like now this is what we want it to be. and It's going to be a great experience. And I just feel like five years, they're going to nail this. Like I really am confident in them. Like I feel like with I hope what they've so. Had the I'm last, not trying to take away from it. Obviously. What they've had the last couple of years, it's like it was always an almost, but it was good almost. It was yeah, just yeah. An, it's not an anthem situation. It was always like a... Ah, like they, they kind of missed the mark here, or they kind of missed the mark here. This is really fun. This takes too long, whatever. But it's like those are all things that can be tweaked, and I think that they are tweaking right now. It sounds like they know what they need to tweak. Give it a couple years, let that happen. I'm sure they're working on another project, just in its infancy right now. Yeah. But 2025, yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of all this, Steve Watts at Gamespot had this edition. The release of Destiny 2's new Shadowkeep expansion is imminent. In preparation for the release, bunch is taking down the game and its predecessor entirely for server maintenance to roll out the update that will usher in Shadowkeep. Bungie tweeted a note regarding the outage, saying that both Destiny and Destiny 2 servers will be offline starting at 9.45 a.m. Pacific time, so it's already done, until October 1st at 10 a.m. Pacific. At that point, update 2.6.0.1 will become available, and both Shadowkeep and the free-to-play New Light version will be available. You finally jumping in, Tim? Nah. I'm going to download it tonight. Get yeah. ready. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to get the update. But get them shadows, so. baby. It's that thing of coming off Borderlands now is my time there starting to wind down. Mm. It's like, oh, man, I can really go. I, I've enjoyed this shooting things with people. Yeah. <laughs> is there other, I can continue to shoot can things in space. Can I continue to shoot things Let me go in people? space. Let's pick up. Where do we leave Taylor Swift? What are her shaders look like? I'm sure Fran and Andrea will be happy to drag me around. Uh, number three on the Roper Report, Gears 5 microtransactions are being addressed online. This is Eddie at GameSpot. Microsoft's newest big-time exclusive, Gears 5, released in September, and it enjoyed a record-breaking release. However, not everyone is happy with the game, with some voicing concerns over its microtransactions and in-game economy. Now, the head of the Gears 5 studio, the Coalition, has responded. Responding to someone who voiced concerns about the prices of items and the grinding it takes to earn them without spending money, Rod Ferguson said, The in-game economy is a work in progress. Ferguson pointed out that Gears 5 has a completely different economy compared to Gears War War 4 because the new game gives away its DLC maps and more for free. Quote, we're learning as we go, he said. This is a completely different economy from Gears 4, removed gear gear packs, so it will take... So it will take a little time to work through any issues. Our first attempt is not our last, and we will continue to evolve until we get it right. In another tweet, Ferguson said Gears 5 offers way more free content than Gears of War 4, and the developer is planning to release even more free extra content down the road. Some of the upcoming free DLC will include more maps. I had a weird printout today. I've never had this. Where Look, it it cut, it printed Mm. way low, and then... Two blank pages. Uh-oh. And I thought it picked up fine, but it didn't. So hold on. Here we go. More maps, well, characters, characters, and, and skins. skins. I'm there. I said, I got it. I prepped for this, big guy. Uh, we're learning and improving as we go. There's no magic wand here. Even small changes take time to create content and design skills and ultimates. Uh, Ferguson said in yet another tweet. 
Gears 5 in-game virtual currency is called iron, and players can buy it in various allotments with corresponding prices. The iron can be spent on things like XP boost for 1 to three, 30 days, uh, world flags for player cards, weapon skins, emote marks, executions, and more. Gears 5 adopts a Fortnite-style rotating system, whereby certain items can, are only available for a limited time, which in turn encourages players to buy the content before it leaves the store. Did any of this affect you when you played Gears 5 and loved it? No, because I just played the campaign. Hell yeah, you did. Yeah. Of course you did. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like everything is changing, and it's like there's going to be a lot of growing pains, and yeah. I don't know that we're ever going to hit a point where everyone's happy. In fact, I know we're going to never hit a point that everyone's happy. Yeah. Any time that I've played video games my entire life, people have been upset about pricing somehow. Yeah. Something caused some issue. And there was always the question of, like, is a Nintendo game worth the same as a PlayStation game? Like, yeah. it, like look at the Wii, right? It's like, why are we paying the same dollars for HD versus non-HD? Sure. Look forward to the Switch. Look forward to everything. And just where we're at. Add all microtransactions. Add how games have changed being delivered, how cheap they can be, how expensive they can be. All the different things, right? That is a complicated system that needs to check and balance itself. And I feel like there's not uh, one thing you can apply to everything to make it all work, right? Yeah. With this gear stuff, it's like this is the effects of Game Pass, right? This is the effects of people that are no longer spending that $60 to get the game. We're seeing the stats come out where it's like they're not talking about sales of gears. They're talking about players installs, and player installs base. and all that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I think that that's a good thing for the industry, but it also is going to cause a lot more of these types of situations. On the mobile side, we talked about this on Gamescast uh, a couple weeks ago when Apple Arcade came out and you were yeah. really excited about Grindstone. Still am. Um, and we kind of got in the, the weeds a bit because I don't think Fran was understanding the point that I was <laughs> making. But uh, that game can only exist as it is because of Apple Arcade. If that if Apple Arcade were not the case and you, that was just a free to play or even a three ninety nine game, which it would have been, it would be chock full of gotcha shit and microtransactions. Even if it wasn't aggressive and horrible, they'd be there. Sure, right? Because you got to make money. But instead, Apple Arcade allows it to be funded, allows all these like different ways for money to come in. We're seeing this on every different level, and I think that everyone's going to have to kind of borrow and adapt from the different ecosystems yeah. until they figure out what works for most games. And then on top of that, other games need to be looked at on a case-by-case -case basis of like, does this make sense for Gears? Yeah. I think, you know, back to our old uh, the conversation we had earlier about Gearbox, right, of like their studio out of time. I think it's easy, again, for us and you, listener or viewer, who do this every day with us and read every news story and do all this different stuff and see people constantly step on the rakes in front of their house and hit themselves in the face. When you get to a studio that's launching their first game in X amount of years, right, not to mention with a brand new way they're doing everything, it is learning on the job. And there is no real way to sit there and what Gears 5 has been out nearly a month. Like sit there and like imagine how that ecosystem is going to evolve, what it's going to be like, how people are aren't earning currency because you do tests and stuff like that. But even then you're tweaking things and thinking you find the right value to get here. Mm -hmm. And again, I think Rod's doing the right thing of coming out and addressing it head on. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, we're working on all this. This isn't, we don't know. I love it. There's no magic wand here. It's us making a game for you. If this isn't working, we will address it. We will look into it. We're trying to figure out the balancing on all that. Yeah, totally. Again, we always talk about it. Transparency, communication. Yeah. It's all important. And I think that they'll figure it out. And playing Gears, it's such a fantastic value for what the game is. Granted, didn't play the multiplayer. But from everyone on my Twitter feed, it seems to be that they're enjoying it a lot. Yeah. So... This stuff's going to affect a group of people a lot, and it's going to not affect the majority of people. That doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be addressed. They're addressing it. This seems like the best-case scenario, right? Yeah. We've seen the worst-case scenario happen in the last couple years, multiple times, over and over and over. So if we're at least moving towards this future, that's a good sign. Yeah, 100%. Uh, how long is the campaign of Gears 5? Uh, it's, so, it's a normal campaign, 9, 10 Trying to figure it out. Would it make sense for us all to play through it in an extra life? <laughs> I want to play through it, but I yeah, think it's it's fun. I don't know that it's a great stream game though. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like there there's a lot of slower moments. Okay. Surprisingly. Okay. 
Yeah. I'll do it on my own. We'll team up somebody. Number four. A new Brain Age for Switch is coming to Japan. This is Brian Ashcraft over at Kotaku. In 2005, Brain Age first went on sale in Japan for the Nintendo DS. The game, which had players solve math problems and more to judge their, the age of their brain, became a national sensation in Japan. Brain Age was one reason why the DS became a must-have handheld. Now, in 2019, it's back. The new Brain Age allows Switch owners to track progress through their mobile phones, including the progress of family and friends. Uh, the latest entry in the for the Nintendo Switch, I should say, is slated for release on December 27th in Japan. There's no word yet of an international release. You can bet your bottom dollar that's coming oh, internationally. Oh, yeah. Definitely, man. clean up. Totally. Like, Brain yeah. Age is awesome. Brain Age is something I never got into. What? Yeah, I you was late. A kid, though. I was late on. I mean, no. I you was, were a child. I was in high school. Uh, yeah. I just I didn't have a DS for a long time. Alfredo mm. had the DS. I had the PSP. Sure. We had to make that decision. Pro move. There we go. Pro move. Um, Marcus, never forget. Yeah. Uh, Put your game on. But we would trade the systems back and forth uh, when there was games we wanted to play. Um, but I and we're talking the original DS. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, Clunky what a ass bastard monstrosity there. Um, but yeah, Brain Age was just something that I never really got into um but everyone around me did and brain age was definitely one of those crossover games oh yeah that uh like uh my friend missy she would play it she's not a gamer yeah, yeah. you know what i mean but she like got a ds to play this after i got uh i bought oh, maybe that's before actually no i think it's before. when i bought mom the wii or whatever eventually she on her own bought a ds and it was this it was brain age and some horse game Mm -hmm. And she couldn't figure out how to feed the horse. Yeah, and the horse like it was. Uh, it wouldn't die. It wasn't that like intense, but it was definitely <laughs> like, you'd fail. Yeah. And I was like, whatever, mom, give me this. I'll feed. I came to visit. I'll feed this horse for you. Could not figure out how to feed oh, this fucking shit. horse. Like what an obtuse garbage game. Yeah, this stupid ass shovelware. Get some game. cooking, mama. Exactly. Number five on the Roper Report, uh, the Atari VCS is teaming up with AntStream Arcade. Now, maybe you're like me and you vaguely remember what the Atari VCS is. Uh, I was like, I remember Atari's putting out its own console. We all laughed about it. And then it was like, is it out? It's, it's not out yet. But here from the official site is what, how they're describing the Atari VCS. Play. Discover new and classic games on Atari's new open platform powered by AMD Ryzen with Radeon graphics technology. Stream. Watch your favorite web-based streaming videos and entertainment and play games at up to 4K resolution and 60 frames per second. Create. Develop, develop new TV-based games and apps for yourself, your family, or to share with the Atari VCS community. Connect. Atari first connected, uh, Atari's first connected device opens new possibilities to play with friends and publish your creations as part of an expansive community of gamers, fans, and devs. Uh, reading from the article, of course, it's uh, coming out March 2020. Pricing starts at $249.99 for the 4 gigabyte Jiminy version. Jiminy Crickets. Uh, $389.99 for one of the three uh, Atari VCS 800 that has 8 gigabytes all in system bundle. Includes the joystick, sold separately for $50. Bucks. Uh, the motion controller, sold separately for $60, bucks, which were created in partnership with Power A. Atari will announce international presale date soon. You remember this? You remember this? I do remember Sold separately? No, that... I was giving you the bundle. The all-in 8-gigabyte bundle is $389.99. That gets everything I just listed, but then a separate... Yeah, the joystick separately, 50. The modern controller, 60. Modern controller, Kevin, bring that thing up. Look at that. That's modern to me. D-pad. Look at that. No. You got the A, you got the B, you got the X and Y. You do. You're all set. Yeah, I don't know, man. This seems like... This isn't even the news. This has already been known. The news is that they're teaming up with AntStream Arcade. The exclusive Atari VCS edition of AntStream Arcade unlocks an instantly accessible collection of classic video game titles. In addition to an existing library of over 2,000 officially licensed games, which I'm sure are all fantastic, uh, the exclusive AntStream Arcade Atari VCS app will include the largest collection of Atari games available on demand in both original and enhanced edition formats, curated from across the brand's many arcade, home, and handheld platforms. Accessible from the Atari VCS system dashboard at launch, the AntStream Arcade app for the Atari VCS offers a 30-day free trial with subscription options available for $10 a month or $8 a month, a total of $95.88 for a yearly subscription. What the fuck? <laughs> AntStream Arcade on the Atari VCS will exclusively offer 50 classic Atari uh, titles at launch 
for new and existing AntStream Arcade users to enjoy whenever they sign on from their Atari VCS system, with additional games added on a steady basis. AntStream Arcade titles will be compatible with the Atari VCS Classic Joystick and the Atari VCS Modern Controller, including Rumble and LED lighting effects. Enhanced game modes, uh, you know, functionality, they got some multiplayer in there. Popular Atari titles uh, appearing via the Atari VCS edition of AntStream Arcade include standalone retro classics from Adventure, Night Driver, Pong, Tempest 2000, and Yars Revenge, and full Atari compilations from PlayStation, Xbox, and PC platforms. How you doing over there? $10 a month? Yeah, man. For all the uh, for the classic games you'd always want. 2000 Yeah, exactly. And okay, and full Atari compilations from PlayStation, Xbox, and PC platforms that are $5 at GameStop if you were to go there and pick one up. From any of the bins, but I don't know if you at were, any moment. I don't know if you time. read this. This you can connect. Atari's first connected device opens new possibilities to play with friends and publisher creations. It's part of expansion. Dude, here. jack of all trades, master of none. This sounds like such a targeted assault on Jared Petty. It does. Yes, they you want. Know? They want Jared Petty's credit. They're card, like, we sure. we need to make at least what was the bundle three hundred ninety dollars. Yeah. Yeah, They're three, like, three, all right, we got one. We got one. But even I think like that Jared would be upset about this. This just seems like such a. Like, and maybe there's something I'm missing, but I don't think there is, Greg. This seems is. like such a, the, the top brass at some company are like, here's what's hot right now, this NES classic. We got to get, what rights can we get? We, oh, Atari? Let's jump on that. See, it's so weird, right? And this is what's been weird about it from the launch is that it's not even that. If it was the Atari classic, you'd be like, all right, that makes sense. It's like, no, we, like, Atari is clear, like, we are making a set-top box. Mm -hmm. We are making something for your entertainment system that does streaming Streaming and 4K and 60, and it's like, what? This is the definition of too much. You're clearly going to be uh, on live. Can't you see this? Like, Mm -hmm. can't you see that this will not succeed? And I wish you the best. I'm just telling you what I see. Number six and final on the Roper Report. $10 a month. Hideo Kojima's BB can talk to you through your PS4 controller. Uh, Kojima tweeted out an image of the Death Stranding controller with this. By setting, you'll be able to have BB's voice coming out of this BB-ish controller. Gotta <laughs> fucking love it, dude. You gotta goddamn love it. Yeah, of like, course, you have the speaker on your DualShock 4, so you assume when you play Death Stranding, there'll be a setting in there to have the, the BB talk to you, go like that and shit. I can't wait for November 9th. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. When Kojima's just sitting in his office laughing to himself. He's gonna, just going to stand there walking all smug, close the door, sit down at his desk and just start laughing. What, pro- talk to me about this. Give me a Tim Gettys prediction. Yeah. Is this going to be... How, how what what Metacritic here? What Dude, is this going to be a masterpiece? I don't fucking know. This game, more than any game in history, yeah. I think is unpredictable. This is fucking art, all right? And that, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that equates to on Metacritic, but this is fucking art. And it's <laughs> going to be so interesting because I think that when you look at the history, especially in recent years, of user score versus critic score, those are going to be very different with this. But I don't know which side is going to be what for this one. Yeah. Like, critics are, I, I think... We're going to get a lot of really, really high scores, and we're going to get some people that are like... I don't get it. This sucks. Yeah. I, I feel like this game is going to get reviewed unfairly by so many people because they're going in with their own bias one way or another. Sure. And that's not saying that like it's only the people that are going to shit on it. It's also the people that are going to praise it just because it's weird. Sure. You know? I think it's going to be very difficult to speak about this game without taking in all of the... the all the things that we've had to take in the last couple of years. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't like wait such either. a fun ride. I, I, I love that I don't need to put a number on this game. Yeah. Right, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I feel like that would be such a such a hard task. Uh, and you're going to get shit from everybody no matter what. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what to get on Metacritic? I, I don't know, man. I really don't. I can't wait. I can tell you what it's not going to get. What's that? I don't think it's going to get an eight. Okay. Like I really think it's going to be. We're either. talking tens or. It's fives. going to be the nine ten or six. the the six. Like Death Stranding is a game that works, but it's boring to walk across yeah, the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hideo Kojima's own hubris gets in the way of mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. At which point, I will immediately go to the comments and be like, "Don't talk about God that way." Yeah. Uh, Tim, I'm excited to see how Death Stranding nets out, but it's still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, like say what came to the mom and grab shops today, where would I go? The official list of all the software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily shows each and every weekday. Yeah. I had that coffee mouth. You know what I mean? I hate that coffee mouth. You see me screw with it all the time. Uh, while we're here, 
Let's get some reader mail in here. Of course, no, that's not right. Dang. I'm going to put the ads in here, but I was trying to do the only transition. It's time to talk about our sponsors, everybody. First up, it's Quip. Did you know that nearly everyone at Kind of Funny uses a Quip toothbrush? As you've probably heard one of our shows before, I bet you did. But what actually makes a better toothbrush? Industrial strength power, claims of miraculous trendy ingredients, multiple modes... If you ask your dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush and more about how you use it. That's why Quip was created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters to your oral health, healthier habits. Quip's sensitive vibrations with built-in two-minute timers guide gentle brushing for the dentist-recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses, ensuring an even clean. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to your door every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. Uh, these thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice every day. Good habits matter to live a healthier life, so help form fresh oral health habits with Quip. Quip starts at just $25, and you'll get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash games. This is a simple way to support your, our show and start brushing your teeth better. But you have to go to getquip.com slash games to get your first refill free. Right now, go to getquip.com slash games, games, games. Quick, quip story here. Yesterday, I was at Target, Target. with my brother, mm -hmm. and we're walking around, and uh, we were in the oral health section. Yeah. Um, and we look over huge section dedicated to quit right cool goes hey this is the thing you guys are always talking about i'm like yeah it is and he, and he goes man i really want to get one how much are they and it, you know, he looks he's like 25 dollars. he was shocked because he thought it was going to be way more does he not because it looks for, I, I know he didn't buy it like, though, cool, did he? no no i told i was like yeah quip, okay get get com slash kind of funny games. but then they, slash games slash games yes kind of funny games uh they no. have, <laughs> slash games slash games they have all the different colors and I'm like, wow, there's so many colors I didn't even know about. These are pretty things, man. So if you want to go see them, go to Target, look at them, well, don't decide buy them which there. one you want, but then go to getquip.com slash games. Then if you need a bra, go to Third Love. Almost all the kind of honeys are wearing Third Love bras. And with their tagless options, half cup sizes, and amazing customer service, it is easy to see why. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Third Love offers more than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Skip the trip. You can find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder, order, and try on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if they don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Uh, returns and exchanges are free and easy thanks to their, quali their quality uh, staff. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. These straps won't slip, and there's no tags, so there's no itching. Uh, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash games now to find your per perfect fitting bra. Get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash games for 15% off today. Out today. Chop is dish on Switch. Blockoid on PC. Fallen Empires on PC and Mac. Nobody's on PC and Mac. Duck in Town, A Rising Night, PC and Mac. Uh, Balloon Fighter on PC. Cube World on PC. Ten Days to War on PC. Space Land on PC. The Lost PC. Then Roman Rumble in Las Vegas is out today on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and <laughs> Nintendo Switch. And Marvel Knights. No, I'm sorry. Mar well, Marvel Knights come to Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Uh, this is already out today. Uh, these are new playable characters. Uh, it's, of course, we talked about this. You knew this was coming. It's, oh, shoot, I don't have it written down. Don't tell me. It's Blade. It's Morbius, it's uh, Punisher, and it's Moon Knight. Yes, it but is. But on top of all those characters, uh, there is a new mode, the gauntlet in there, and there's a bunch of new costumes for different characters in there. There's this new thing. I'm very excited. I, you know, I, I'm going on the road uh, two weeks from now for a vacation vacation, and I was like, oh, I'll play Untitled Goose Game. Oh, man, that's when I'll play Zelda. Oh, that's when I'll start Ch uh, Astral Chain. Oh, man. And then I was like, oh, well, they got all this new Ultimate Alliance DLC. Clearly, yeah, you got to play that. the, the Curse of the Vampire. Exactly. Uh, new dates for you. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Switch Fix. You mm -hmm. remember this guy? Yeah. It's been renamed. 
It's now Fixture S1. It just went live on Indiegogo. So if you I look for why. Fixture S1, who would have thought maybe putting the title of a Nintendo product? Anyways, if, if you like that thing, it's it's the mount you put on your controller. It's made by a kind of funny best friend. You put your Switch in it. It's play there. awesome. It's what I use. I love it. Use it all the time. And this one's actually been updated too because now you can charge while you have it in there. Ooh. Which oh. we can't do with ours. Uh, Arise uh, is a game we saw a little bit at that state of play. It turns out it's coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Epic Game Store now on December 3rd, 2019. Beast Quest will release tomorrow on Nintendo Switch. And then Minecraft Earth is going into early access in October. Uh, Kotaku reports uh, Android users can start pre-registering for the Minecraft Earth uh, today, ahead of the early access release in October. Uh, only some countries will initially have access to the game in October, but by the end of the year, Mo Yang plans to make Minecraft Earth available globally on both iOS and Android. Joy, joy. Tim, mm-hmm. it's time for Reader Man. Read me Of course, up. you can write in to patreon.com slash games with your questions, concerns, everything else. We'll read here. Just like BJ Bernardo did. Hi, y'all. Minecraft Earth is getting early access in October. Do you see those not into Minecraft downloading this more interactive version? Or is this just a game for people who enjoyed the regular Minecraft? Will this increase the visibility of the brand of Minecraft like Pokemon Go did for the brand Pokemon? No. This is a weird one. And uh, I've always been kind of fascinated by the insistence on copying Pokemon Go. We've seen multiple people do it at this point. Yeah. And it's like... They need to copy themselves with the Wizarding World. Yeah, they had, there was that. And then there's, you know, obviously Ghostbusters World and um, other things of, of that. Garfield, help. I think, has some kind of weird one. Right? Yeah. Gar- Garfield <laughs> does, does have one. It's like... It's a cool idea. I just feel like that's the type of thing that you really need to nail because yeah. it's kind of an ambitious project. Sure. Um, Do and you I put this in the exact same gr- group, though? Because the games we just mentioned, and I should just say I haven't played Garfield, but Ghostbusters World and Wizarding World, right, are straight-up knockoffs of Pokemon. Yeah. Exact same thing. Minecraft Earth is different, right? I mean, it is building a creation out there. Yeah, Minecraft sharing Earth and doing is, stuff. is weird where it's like it kind of to me feels like the the fruits of um, Holodeck. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Was that what it was? X-Men HoloLens. HoloLens, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they're kind of like, here's this tech thing that we're working on, but they didn't really ever figure out what they wanted to do with it. Because I remember when they first showed that at E3, I got to do the Behind Closed Doors demo of it, and it was kind of the Minecraft, like, build it in front of you type stuff. And I think that this is kind of the realization of that many years later. And it just kind of seems like a tech project. It doesn't seem like something that I think is going to really latch on, especially with the Minecraft audience. Minecraft, play Minecraft. Yeah, they they don't really really need other things like. I don't. It will not be as successful as Pokemon Go. I think it has the chance to open it up to some new people, but it's not going to be a breakout runaway success. I think get in there. I'm going to download it and screw around with it. If like you know we have a school across the way, if a lot of kids are building cool shit in the neighborhood, and I'm walking to work, or you know I'll fuck around with it maybe maybe for a little bit and see what it's all what. Can you break things? I really hope you can't break things. Because that's all I do. You're, You're right. just going to destroy these kids' right. dreams and I know, towers. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. Uh, I, yeah, I don't see it being a takeoff. I don't think it's going it, it, it would be... I think it's more if, than anything if you lapsed on Minecraft but still want something to do on your phone. That's what it strikes me as. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, you just go play Minecraft. Right? But, I mean, you have Minecraft on your phone. But my, my thing is, I think it's going to be less involved in a game of Minecraft. Mm. So if it is, you just want to work on whatever tree tower you're making up there, whatever the hell's going on. <laughs> Breaking these kids' tower of dreams. I'm going to freaking destroy these kids. Uh, let's see. I'm looking through for a good question. We'll go with King. King writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, first time sending in a question for KFGD and excited new patron. Thank you very much for taking the chance on us, King. On Wednesday's show, while talking about Sony locking down one of the modes in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the sentiment seemed to be, yeah, it sucks, but that's just how it is. Greg, you always preach be better, which is awesome model, which is an awesome model, by the way. Well, why shouldn't we want Sony to be better? Since Phil Spencer has taken over Xbox, he has been on record stating that he doesn't want to exclude gamers from a gun, mission, etc. And that it's bad for gamers to, and bad for games in general. To his credit, Xbox has not had any exclusive content in their marketing deal since that time. I believe this has hurt um, I believe this has hurt Xbox and their bottom line, but he has kept his word. Why shouldn't we hold PlayStation to the same standard? This is an anti-consumer practice, and if you look at Reddit, among other places, even a lot of PlayStation-only gamers are upset. I hope that we, as gamers, can make a stand and let Sony and Activision know this isn't okay. 
Are you up to date on this? I, I am up to date on this. Spec Ops, of course, locking off one of the parts of Spec Ops only yeah. for PlayStation players. And I, I understand why people are upset. Yeah. I don't agree, but that's... With them being upset? No, they, they, they can be upset. I don't... I'm not upset. I understand what's going on. It is definitely annoying, but it's also business, and Sony's trying to win. These are the type of things that will cause people to play there instead of Xbox, yeah. where we're at right now. That's not a good thing, and I know that like that's that is bad to have the corporations have all this power and sway and stuff. But like that, that's what this is. They are trying to have something that Xbox doesn't have. Phil Spencer saying all that stuff, fantastic. That is definitely the world that I'd rather live in when it comes to video games of everything playing nice and working together. However, that's just not the realities of where we're at or where I think that we're going to be. And it's also easier for him to say when Xbox isn't number one, putting exactly. out a bunch of titles right now and this is a conversation we had on wednesday show about it me and blessing where it was if it wasn't phil saying it and it was second place saying all you'd be like all right well of course you're saying that because that's who you are right but phil and xbox have done so many pro gamer things now again i think they're so pro gamer because they're trying to make giant moves to make up for the fact they're so far behind this generation yeah. and build that goodwill yeah and, uh, you know, it's interesting that Sony doesn't really have a Phil Spencer right now. Like, they don't have somebody that they're leading on as a voice, and we've critiqued them many times sure. uh, in the last two years for, for doing that. Yeah, like, they've definitely siloed off and become the PlayStation of old. Yes, like taking away the focus of personalities and people that you can, like, kind of latch onto um, as, as voices to represent these choices. Um, and I do definitely think that that's a problem. It makes this seem shadier, than even shadier than it is. And I understand that it's shady. I get where the issue is, but... At the end of the day, it's not an altruistic thing of everybody's trying to play nice. And that's the thing about it is that he, I don't. I wouldn't even go as far as say it's shady. And I know that'll now immediately burn so many people with me. Of he's a pro corporation or whatever. It's not shady. It's literally the theme of this episode of a move that's out of time. This is how video games were, and yep. how PlayStation and Xbox did compete with each other and go back and forth and argue and this, that, and the other. Like I think you've seen Xbox move their focus to. You know, making exclusive Game Pass deals, right? Getting different games in there, like using that in terms of their exclusivity and throwing it around. Do I think this one doesn't ruffle my feathers, but it's because I've been around for so long and I get and I've just seen it happen. I'm, this is what I was raised in in terms of it. And like, yeah, I'd love to believe in Phil's future, but if PlayStation doesn't live by that, then what's the, pro the point, right? And again, the point of this uh, in being better, right? King is like, cool, everybody in like. And I, I'm not even trying to start shit, right? But you bring it up, King, right? That, like, if you look at Reddit, among other places, well, cool. P a lot of people on the internet were pissed off at Borderlands, and it sold 5 million copies in five fucking days. And so are people, if you speak with your wallet and take a fucking photo of your Xbox copy of Call of Duty and send it to them, be like, I bought this on there because you made a deal I don't totally. agree with. Yeah. And when the next generation of consoles comes, buy the Xbox rather than the PlayStation. Be like, I did this because of your anti-consumer moves. Like, And continuing what you're saying about this being in theme of this whole episode, like what I was talking about earlier about the campaign versus multiplayer being different games, mm -hmm. what this says to me is that the spec op mode's not where it's at. This mode is not what this game is. It's just 100%. another mode. And like that's Not to mention that, again, it's it's... Not even all of Spec Ops. It's the, the thing you need from Special Operations is still there in terms of you and a player doing mm -hmm. the shit. It's one very specific part of that, like a sub part of it. Yeah. So it's still, like, though, it's just like, to me, it just lessens the value of that overall, where it's like, okay, Sony, just get this exclusively, get the whole game exclusively if, it's, if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. This is a tactic out of time where. It's just it seems inadvisable, it's, but I understand why they did it. What again is like it goes back to what we talk about, right? Is it's word salad as well. It's so that when they put up the trailer for Call of Duty during the NBA game and it ends and it goes PlayStation, where the players play are the best place to play, whatever the fuck it is, greatness awaits. It'll yeah. also say like also play the exclusive Spec Ops whatever yep. mode, which makes the buyer think it's oh my god, all of Spec Ops is exclusive. When in reality, it's this tiny part of it. Mm -hmm. It's just again. A thing out of time of appealing to the mass audience of like how do we get you and like make you come here and buy this thing? Yeah, it's advertising, and it again, it is a very clear uh, dividing rod on what PlayStation is and what, what Xbox is. Mm -hmm. And again, like I know based on this conversation, you might think I'd go the other way, but it's also one of the reasons I keep saying I'm an Xbox fanboy. I want to see them win. I want to see them fucking pull this off. I want to see those are the right choices. Be awesome. Yes, those are the choices I agree with. What Phil's saying, I want that. I it's want everybody just... to step up next generation. And be like, here's the next Xbox and here's the next PlayStation. And I want everybody to go, man. I was with PlayStation last generation, but Xbox is doing something really special here. Uh, on top of Game Pass, on top of accessibility controllers, yeah. on top of this, uh, we're not going to try to break up everybody. Still need the games, though. They do. 
Time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Frank Furter needs help on Steam. His username is Frank Furter. F-R-A-N-K-F-U-R-T-T-E-R. All one word. What's up, best friends? Tonight and Thursday, I get together with a few friends, and we play random old games such as Gary's Mod, CSGO, Golf It, and much more. Tonight, we are trying out a new game, Hot Lava, and would like to get a full set of eight people together. We usually play at 7.30 Central for about two hours. If you're interested in playing Hot Lava or any other random assorted games, please let us know. Frank Furter on stream, Steam. All one word. Tim. Yes. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us True. what we screw up as we screw it up. We didn't screw much up. We do have explanations that I asked for, though, right, in terms of, hey... What's going on with this? Ashley Birch, SAG stuff, mm. yada, yada, yada. Uh, nanobiologist not, it has a bunch in here because he's on the case, of course. I was not wrong. Ashley is Tina in this game, which was the question of then, wait a second. Is she actually SAG? Nanobiologist writes in to say, Ashley is SAG. Uh, she had to not be in Life is Strange before the storm because of the 2017 oh, strike. Right. Great call. That's a good point, right? Then there was more information going around, and this is the long answer we got from the one and only nanobiologist, right? Nanob. Nanob. Update on if union members can be in non-union work. Global one rule. SAG-AFTRA members cannot accept an acting role in any studio, independent, low-budget, pilot, experimental, non-profit, interactive, educational student, or any production unless their producer has signed a contract or letter of agreement with SAG-AFTRA. Rule number nine. By joining SAG-AFTRA, members who agree to abide by rule nine, which states that members of one of the affiliated programs unions... uh, the whole bunch it, actors equity american guild it goes on like this will not accept non-union work in another union's jurisdiction rule 9 states it shall be the it shall be con, it shall it shall be conduct considered in action <laughs> antagonistic to the interests and integrity of the union for a member of the union to accept employment in the jurisdiction of any other branch of the 4As for the employers what the fuck are we talking about does that make any sense to you from what we're talking about? I'm saying quadruple A. And then it says that in in the end here, uh, in other words, nanobiologist says, call Troy and see what see what is needed for this. So basically, you can do it. Uh, uh, what we were saying up here, right? You, know, you you can do it unless the if if a producer signs a contract or letter of agreement with SAG-AFTRA. So you would assume Gearbox is not down to sign anything with SAG, which then makes it that, that uh, Troy couldn't do this. This, of course, does not at all answer why t- uh, a Tiny Ashley, Tina, yeah. Ashley Birch, would be able to do this. There had been something in there earlier saying that they believed there was an idea that you could have a few non-union jobs, but I haven't seen this. Hold on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, this is, uh, the difference between union and non-union... What I would have to guess, who is based on hearing this, yeah. is that the it's on the side of Troy's union side, where they were just like, we can only have this letter written so many times, we're not going to waste it, right? Whereas Ashley might use that pull for this. Okay. And Troy's people are like, no, you're not working with us. You need to just do the union stuff. We don't, we don't want to do this with you. Okay. So that's why it's not working there. Because I feel like that would work. Which one of those things where you can get the letter? I'm sure it's not fun or convenient to get that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that at some point they're going to question, like, why do you keep doing this? Sure. Which is why Troy wouldn't do it for us. Or her, Troy's people are like, we can't do this for you. You imagine, too, Troy's so busy. Yeah. Right? That he's just like, well, it's not worth my time. It's mm-hmm. not worth going through these hoops to go in there and be real. Yeah. There's a reason this all, mm-hmm. this system exists, and it's for you to work with the system so that I can just do my job. Sure. Okay. Uh, and finally, Justin H says, Greg, you keep calling it Destiny 2 and Shadow Keep. The game is now called Destiny New Light. Well, you we mentioned the New Light thing being uh, the free-to-play version. I, I was unaware that this has already happened, that they're dropping the two, as me and I was telling Tim they were probably going to do. If they have, they have. I mean, I thought they already did that. Uh, back to the article here from uh, GameSpun. It will become available, and both Shadowkeep and the free-to-play New Light version will be available. Yeah. So New Light version is the free... De- guys, you can play Destiny fucking free-to-play. Everybody calm the hell down. All right, you know what I mean? I'm calm. Thank you. Uh, let's run through host for the week. Tomorrow will be me and Imran. Uh, Wednesday, Odell Harmon Jr. returns to be on the show with me. Whoa. Thursday, Imran again. Then Thursday as well is the Kind of Funny Games cast, 2 p.m. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. It's going to be Tim, myself, Fran, Imran. Then Friday, Imran and Tim. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 
kind of funny games daily. Uh, if you like to consider going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, kick us a few bucks. You can ask us questions, get the show ad free, have a good old time. Watch the games cast live on Thursday. Uh, remember you can subscribe youtube.com slash kind of funny games. You can listen on podcast services around the globe. It would mean a lot if you rated, shared, did all that jazz. Mm. Shout out to Mac rumors who today uh, use kind of funny games daily in their article about how you can put podcasts into no uh, playlists and stuff. I look at Mac rumors at least once a week. Oh, okay. Awesome. Mac. There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.